struggle with so much. We come up against so much adversity at times. We struggle with our own emotions within, what we should do, what we should not do. Should we serve God? Should we not serve God? Am I hearing from God correctly? Did he say this to me? It's a prefer of things that we come up against in our mind that we struggle with. But today I will have the privilege of having a conversation with Liz Bracera. Liz brings us into her world of dance, finding the Lord, living single while honoring God and how her dedication to serving God led her to walking away from the dance world at the height of her career and how he blessed her with the full career that she didn't even realize was possible all due to her desire to know more about God and ultimately her obedience unto God. Without further delay, let's meet Liz. Welcome back to another episode of Trueness of the Words. I'm your host, Eleanor Fleming, and our awesome guest today is Liz Becerra. Hello, Liz. Hi. How are you today? I am good. I'm wonderful. I'm excited oh. to be here. <laughs> I'm excited that you are here. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to adjust my mic just a little bit because I want it to be up some. I don't want to miss one word. I want it to be as clear as possible. So we real... We're real vulnerable, right? Right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, Liz. So can you just real quick, what, just tell us a little bit about, I would love for you. I normally don't always um, state or have anyone state right from the beginning, exactly where they're from or what, um, what they do. But what I'm really excited about for you is the fact that you launched your own business by stepping out on faith. So if you want to tell us just in about a minute or two about your new business that you just launched. Sure. So I launched a business called Outsourced Operations. And what I do is I help companies integrate systems like Salesforce or HubSpot or Monday.com. And I help them launch these systems to get their workflows and processes in order. Because the biggest thing that I've seen in all my years working in corporate and, and working with big companies is that if you don't have a process or a workflow, then people are working a lot harder and they're not working mm -hmm. smarter. And so that's what I go and I go in and I try to find the bottlenecks and try to find the issues and just get to the root of it mm -hmm. and help them implement systems to build these things out. Well, I love that because guess what? You probably already know this, right? Because you've done it. You have been an amazing person in my life. So I appreciate that. So I can definitely speak to that, speak to exactly what it is that you do and how well you do it with excellence. So I am really excited. Now, today you and I are just uh, going to be talking. We, we haven't even really locked in our main purpose for our time together. What I'm so grateful for is we're going to be speaking just casually about singleness. We're going to be speaking about things of when you're starting and running your own business as a woman, mm -hmm. what that looks like, and definitely the singleness of honoring God in singleness and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be, um, I'm really excited for women to learn and hear all about that. But so let's just jump in with this. You are single. 
Yes. Living in this world single. (laughs) So tell, let's talk a little bit about that intertwined with, first of all, you've been saved for, let me really back a little bit because I think this will help us. You've been saved for a little over seven years. Excuse me, a little over seven years now, correct? Yes, technically saved. And I can tell you all about that. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that then. That'd be great. Yeah. So technically saved, a little over seven years, but you came from a background in your life. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your background so that you can bring us up into a little bit about the save and your singleness as a single woman so that women can really have the impact of what it looks like to live as a single woman saved before the Lord and what you came from. Okay. So I was brought up in a Hispanic Catholic household. So I knew religion. I knew religion. I knew I went to a Catholic school my whole life. And I appreciated that because there's a lot of foundational things that I learned in that process, but I didn't understand relationship. So I knew who Jesus was. I knew certain prayers, but I didn't understand God as a father and God as somebody that I could speak to. Mm-hmm. And so the good thing was, is that I, I, I knew about prayer. I knew about the word. Honestly, I didn't get my first Bible until I was like 25 and I read Genesis like three times. I was like, I don't understand what none of this means. Like I was so confused and I was seeking God for years and I thought I was saved because I did an altar call, which there's, I'm not downplaying altar calls at all, but I know that it's the heart of it. And I just kind of went, it was an emotional conversion. So I'm all crying and I'm thinking, you know, but nothing changed. You know, there was no fruit. I just went back to doing the same thing I was doing before. And so I was kind of going through the motions. I was going to church and I was living my life the way I wanted. And I thought that if I went on Sunday, it would just, you know, absolve everything else that I was doing and nothing changed about my life. I didn't actually get saved until, until I had a conversation with my Catholic grandmother. She was the woman who raised me. And I was, I used to travel because I was a professional dancer. I used to travel and I was going to go to China. And I, okay. you said you were a what? I was a Let professional them. dancer. I was okay, a professional go ahead. <laughs> And you just going to slip that in there on us right quick. <laughs> go ahead. And I was going to go to China. I would go to China every year with my dance partner. And so I just decided, I just had this feeling like just give her a call and, you know, catch up with her. And I did. And I said, you know, when, when I come back, I'll take you out to dinner at this restaurant for Mother's Day. And she just started crying. And I was like, we can go to another restaurant, Grandma. We don't have to go to that one. Like, Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand why she was crying. And all of a sudden, it was probably the strangest thing I ever encountered. It was like something changed in her tone. Something about that entire conversation changed. And I wasn't saved at the time, but I was familiar with God and I had that upbringing, but I knew immediately, I said, the Holy Spirit speaking through her. I just knew it. And she just said, no matter what you do, keep God involved in everything. And she was never the evangelist, but she was so adamant. And I was like, if somebody was on their deathbed, that would be the thing that they would tell you. And so I knew immediately, I said, my grandmother's going to pass away. Mm -hmm. I just knew She wasn't sick. There was nothing wrong with her. So I go to China. I come back. When I come back, I get a text message like, hey, your grandmother's in the hospital. She went in for something very, very small. 
And then she ended up having like uh, respiratory issues, lung cancer, all this stuff that by the time I came back and saw her, she was on an oxygen tank and she couldn't mm -hmm. really talk. So the last real conversation I ever had with her was her telling me keep got involved in everything. And that's what really rocked me. She passed away probably like a month later, like uh, right around Father's Day, she passed away. And so it, it went from having this conversation to one month later, she passed away. And so mm -hmm. that changed my life. And I remember the day after she passed away, my younger sister and I went to the beach and I just took a walk by myself and I sat on the beach. And that was the moment that I knew that I actually gave my life to the Lord because I was like, Lord, I messed this all up. I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to take the wheel and I want to do this right. And that was when I got saved because everything changed immediately after that. Liz, <laughs> that is an amazing story. And I, I say that from a really deep place because so many are struggling right now. So when you talk about your grandmother being a Catholic, mm -hmm. you let it be known, a devout Catholic. She's not wavering. She's not. But what I hear you saying is with your grandmother, all she wanted for you was that you have a relationship with God, whatever that looked like, mm -hmm. have the relationship with God. Yeah. She didn't say it had to be a specific religion, no. a certain type of way. She said just a relationship with God. Yeah. That is so key if we all would just see that and mm -hmm. know that that's really what it is. And then you talked about how when you were saved, no shade on the um, altar call, but it wasn't until even from a conversation with your grandmother, but it, it was you needed to begin to get into the studying of the word is what I believe I hear you saying. Yeah, well, the big difference was was I was trying to do religious acts. I was mm. trying to pray and trying to read the Bible. I was doing the, I was going through the motion. I was going to church, but my heart wasn't there. It was mm. a heart thing. And that's why, that's why I say, you know, I think altar calls are beautiful, you know, and, and people do get saved at altar calls. Some people don't, some people have emotional conversions like I did. And that's why I have such a heart for people because, you know, sometimes we may think we're doing it the right way, but it's just like, it, it's really all about the heart. You know, yes. and so I was trying to read the Bible and I couldn't understand. But let me tell you, the second I got saved and I started reading, everything started to make sense. I was like, what? Like, and I was excited because I was able to connect certain things that I never was able to connect before. And, you know, I, I was probably 31 when I got uh -huh. saved and I thought it was kind of late. But the Lord was like, no, don't worry. I'll give you back all the years the locusts have eaten up. And then all of a sudden, I was able to make sense of so many things. And so there was just this revelation where he just reveals things that it doesn't matter how smart you think you are or how many years you spend reading the Bible, like he'll reveal it. And so yeah. that was the biggest change. And I knew that immediately. And one of the first things he did, like I said, I was a professional Latin dancer. I was at the peak of my career. People thought I was crazy when I was leaving. They were like, why are you leaving right now? You're literally at the peak of your career. And I said, the Lord's telling me to leave. And I had to walk away from everything. And so that's what I mean. Like, I knew it was him because I wouldn't have walked away from dance. I wouldn't have done that. I was addicted to it. You were addicted to dance. I was addicted to dance. What does addicted I to dance look like? So with dance, I grew up, I started dancing at like 15 
which is technically late for dancers, but okay. Latin dancing, you could pick up at any age. So I started at 15 and it was, it was the thing that I would use to cope, you know? So if I was upset, if I was sad, if I was going through something, I would just dance my troubles away. Listen, there's a time and place for things, but you got to deal with the root of some stuff. You can yeah. go to the gym and you can lift weights and you can do all this. That's not dealing with it. That's suppressing it. And that's just burning some of the energy off. But I was kind of suppressing a lot of things with dance. So I was addicted to it. I was addicted to the, I don't want to use this word because it sounds kind of like pompous, but you kind of get addicted to the fame of it too. People know who you are. People know when you win. People see your okay. YouTube videos and so you get addicted to that and, and people just constantly praising you and giving you mm. high fives and claps and you get on stage. There's this, there's a literal rush. Literally you'll get a rush when you're on stage, you get nervous, you get excited, then you finish a show. And it's like this constant high. And I was started realizing that I needed to get on stage more to feel the high. Cause I needed it more and more. It's like a drug. The, the oh, little, the one, a show a week wasn't doing it anymore. So it was you know very what, addictive. You know what that sounds like? So when you say that, tell me how much of this uh, may be so, but when you talk about needing it more and more, how much of that do you think has to do with validation? And I, let me say why I, I say that, because that's what a lot of us as women sometimes are struggling with until we get to a place of understanding. First of all, we have to get to know ourselves to really get to know ourselves. Um, and so often we don't do that. We jump in from one situation to the next and it doesn't have to be a relationship with a man. It could be a, a job. It could mm -hmm. be um, some type of investment that we're getting into. We may bounce from, but it's that validation that we're looking for. So when you talk about a high, I see a high of you needing to be validated from something. Am I wrong? Am I no, you're 1000% right. And the dance world, you know, what people see on stage, they see three minutes on stage. They have no idea what happens behind closed doors. They have mm -hmm. no idea how hard it is to sweat the blood, the tears. There's a lot of abuse in that world too. I'm not saying everybody goes through it. I went through some verbal abuse, you know? So when you're constantly being told you're not good enough, when you're constantly being told, oh, you're going to mess this up, you're going to do this wrong. Even if it comes off as a joke, it messes with you. And so you constantly need to be validated. So it was, it's, it's one thing to be validated as a woman, but it's also like you need double validation when you're verbally abused and, or, it's, you know, unfortunately some women I know until it wasn't until after I left, some people were sexually abused. I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind closed doors that people do not know. And so when they see it, they see the glitz and the glam on stage. And it wasn't until I left the dance world. Cause I remember, Oh, I remember one day, I was praying. I was in the word. And I was like, God, I don't understand. Why do you want me to leave? Because it was a process. I didn't leave immediately. I left in stages. So the first thing I did was I gave up the dance company I had been with for 10 years. And I gave okay. up. So that was the first thing. But I was still directing this this team that I had like won championships with. I was still directing the girls. I was still dancing with this dance partner uh, from New York who he's a believer and I loved him and he was wonderful. And, and so I was still dancing with him and then I was doing solo work. And then okay. the Lord was like, took the girls team away. I was like, all right, well, it's just me. It's me and Andres. And then, and then it's solo work. And then the Lord was like, stop performing. And it was stages. 
And then at the end, I was like, but Lord, like, I love teaching. I love teaching. How am I going to make money? And he was just like, just trust me. And so mm -hmm. I gave it up in stages that by the time December hit, I was so tired of arguing and, and fighting that I was just like, fine, take it. Like, I trust you there. Take it. And, and I had to pass all of that off to him and trust him. But yeah, there's and there's a lot of things that when I left, when I was that one day when I was praying, I was like, God, like, what is it about this world that but why? Why do you want to take me out? And I was reading, I think it was Ezekiel 16. And he was talking about the orphan. You know, you you were nobody wanted you. And I and I put jewels on you and I did this. And it was so interesting because he showed me myself like Liz and I'm I'm an orphan. My parents died when I was younger. And it was like he was telling me, like, listen, I gave you these things. Dance is a beautiful thing. Teaching is a beautiful thing. But then there's all this other stuff that came in. And I mean, he was calling some stuff out in that chapter that I knew he was talking to me like, you know, you hoard yourself in the sense of Liz, you're dancing half naked on stage. And, and people were hiring you for your body. And I knew exactly what he was saying to me. Like, this is why I'm pulling you out because you're so much better than this. You're so much more beautiful than this. Like, this isn't why I created you. And mm. I remember crying because I knew what he was saying. Like, I read it and I was like, I know exactly what you're telling me. I know exactly why you're pulling me out. So now I need you to give me the strength to leave. Only the word of God could do that. Like, nobody can come in here and tell me like, Liz, I think you should leave because you're doing this, this and that. It was, and I don't even know why I was in that chapter that day. And I just remember being like, Lord, talk to me. And then that was a chapter I read. And it was like five point PowerPoint presentation. He was like, here we go. Here's the reasons why I need you to walk away from this. Mm. And, and it took, probably took about two years after I left because he started to show me like, this is not normal. There's certain things, behaviors, attitudes that wasn't healthy. That was abuse. That's not okay. People shouldn't talk to you that way. Um, this is not how relationships work. So I was dealing with the culture shock because I was growing, I grew up in this culture that when I came out of it, I had to learn like, that's not okay, Liz. So mm. I had to learn, I had to learn how to communicate. I had to learn how to stand up for myself. I had to learn how to have a disagreement because when you, when you're constantly shut down, you're afraid to speak. So I had to learn how to speak up for myself, but also not be too much, you know, cause sometimes I feel yeah. like when people find their voice, they can get real aggressive. And I went through that phase and just learning what the word of God says, you know, mm -hmm. like it's okay to stand your ground, but do it in love. And, yes. you know, and I think I, it took time. So there was a lot I had to learn in all of that. You know what? Don't have me over here where you, <laughs> now listen, let me tell you the, let me tell you the promise I made to myself. God didn't give me this promise that I could have this right, but this is the promise I made to myself that I will not cry on this podcast again. I'm just not. And it just seems like no matter what, something is happening because things are striking me to the core and what you're talking about, about how we can respond to things. It's a way to respond to everything. I had to really learn that. Um, regarding me because my, my, I'm, I've always been so stern about when I'm serious about something, I'm very stern. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe in that. Um, I don't have to curse you out and do that, but yeah. the way I'd come stern, you think I was cursing you from one end to the next, right? Yeah. Because I would come so stern, but you're saying something so gracious and so awesome. And that is by God, that's how we transform. God gives us the words to say and how to say them. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He teaches us how to speak to people. He embraces us in a way that we know that he's embracing us. So when people say, well, how do you know that God is speaking to you? All I know is that I spend time with him in his presence. I spend time with him in his word. I spend time in prayer. I spend time pausing and waiting and meditating and allowing him to speak to my heart. And so do I always hear from him? No, I don't. Because mm-hmm. if I heard from him, all, from him all the time, then I wouldn't be as confused in many areas. But there are so many times where I literally hear from him. And when I follow that, um, what happens is much greater than I could have ever imagined it to be. And that's not made up. So when you say you're, what you said was you're saying that obedience that you had and you said you're leaving the dance world and then mm-hmm. he did it in stages. Yeah. Right. Look yeah. at how, look at yeah. how many times God, he does that for us continuously. He will mm-hmm. pull us out of, I just did a, um, uh, a, a, God drawing us out. I gave a message to the women just short that the Lord had given me that morning. And when God draws us out of something, he's doing it because he loves us. He Mm -hmm. loves us. So he's pulling us out of it in our act of obedience is what he's calling us to be and do. So I just love that. I mean, you saying you were addicted to it. But your Mm -hmm. obedience unto God caused you to say, I'm going wherever you say, Lord, for me to go. I love that. And then your grandmother, what I hear you saying is with that as well. My goodness, what you're saying is, yes, you lost your grandmother, Mm -hmm. but you gain all the wisdom that she gave you. And Mm -hmm. that's what you cherish. You went away the following day, like to go on the beach and walk. And I can only think in my mind what I would possibly be trying to gain from that. At that moment, for me, I can hear myself or feel myself wanting to just tap into the wisdom that was given unto me from her. And then I could hear possibly with you, you want to now say, how can I live this out? Yeah. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I do. I think, um, Women, I'm hopeful that women will, not hopeful, I know, (laughs) women will be able to say, wow, look at what I gained, not what I lost. Yeah. You know, Jesus tells us that if he said to gain, what is it to gain the whole world but lose our soul? Yeah. And then he tells us if we walk away from all of this, we can have life, eternal life forever. So if I leave this, I can have all things. And I bring that up to say, you're not seeing a loss. You're seeing all that she poured into you and didn't take it for granted. Yeah. And and the crazy part was when God tells you to move, you better pick up your feet and start walking because trust mm-hmm. me, he's going to get you out. And I remember being Don't at start, an event. Liz. I remember being at an event. It was New Year's Eve. And we had done this event a couple of years in a row. And so I'm in literally in the hotel bathroom getting ready for a show. And clear as day, it was like somebody whispered in my ear this year, last year. And I was like, who said that? I'm looking around because I was like, what? And I didn't know what it meant at first. And I'm sitting there like, this will be my last year. Now, mind you, my grandmother had passed away in June. So I was already saved. I was already praying. And I was already mm-hmm. asking him what to do. And I heard that December 31st. This is your last year. Mm. And I knew. And then it was like when I sat and thought about it, I knew what he meant. 
this is your last year dancing. And I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. And I ignored it. Let me tell you, by December 31st of next year, I was done. So he did not play. And I had to wrestle. I mean, there were times where I was wrestling with him and I was crying. And I remember one time I got so mad and I was like, God, like, talk to me. And I just opened the Bible and I read the story of Jacob wrestling, the angel, angel of the Lord. That was, that was I literally opened up the Bible and I said, talk to me. What do you want? And it was his way of saying, stop fighting me. Like, yes. I want to bless you. And that was every Ooh. stage of me walking out of this is connected to a verse in the Bible. So Genesis, the story of Jacob wrestling, the angel of the Lord, that's connected to me walking away from something. Um, the story in Ezekiel, I think I said the wrong chapter. I think it might be 32. I forget what chapter it is. It's in Ezekiel when he's talking about Israel being the orphan. That's what got me to stop performing. And the crazy part, so my partner Andres from New York is a believer. So when I told him, he was like, super supportive. He calls me a month later. He said, Liz, I know that was God talking to you because if you didn't listen to him, he would have done it through me because his entire work schedule got flipped upside down. Mm. He said, so if you didn't leave, it would have been me. So you listened to God. And I was just like, man, so when God says move, you could try to ignore, but there's just something about that conviction, the Holy Spirit that will make you be like, I'm not comfortable sitting here and disobeying you anymore. Yeah. I need to move. <laughs> yes. He will draw you out. He does not. I was um, just to say a little bit of context about that. I, and it's so many different instances in my life where God mm -hmm. literally was for one, because I had a relationship with him. I was mm -hmm. doing things that I knew I should not be doing because I'm praying and I'm crying and I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to be. But when you pray unto God, I mean, literally, he says that when temptation is great, I will provide a way of escape for you. Mm -hmm. And I know the times that I have called out to him and asked him, Lord, I don't want to be here. This yeah. isn't for me because he had already put it in my loins that this is not for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Right. And so when you ask and then he opens the mm -hmm. opportunity for you to be away from something. Yeah. And that's why when you say, oh, like, you better move, you better act, because when yeah. he opens that opportunity for you, that's the way of escape that yeah. he's giving you. And it's I know it may seem like it's hard to be obedient to him, but mm -mm. especially when you get that feeling inside of you that, you know, this is him. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You can't sleep. You can't move. You can't do it. And you're just like, oh, I got I got frustrated. I was like, fine. Like, that was my attitude. Fine. Okay, fine. I keep feeling this feeling. You keep saying it. So by December 31st of the next year, I was like, I'm done. Like, what am I going to do? Why am I going to keep fighting you? Why am I going to keep wrestling you? The crazy part was I left at the end of 2017. The pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, even though there was a three-year gap, I felt like God pulled me out right in the nick of time because mm -hmm. I was watching my friends struggle. Some of my closest friends struggle in the dance world. And just so many things that have happened after that where it was just like I was holding on to something and then, you know, I got an amazing career and, and then I moved into the corporate sector and then now I have my own business. I have my own house you can't do those types of things. You can't buy a house unless you have a, you know, an income that's consistent. So little things like that, where he was just showing me. And I feel like to this day, he still shows me like, you see that little thing over there. That was for you. And that, that was, that was one of the reasons why I called you out of this. And so, yeah, when God says go, you go. And 
the one thing I will say, and, and hopefully this will help somebody. I said, God, I'm addicted to this dance world. Wow. I love it too much. I don't want to leave. So if you want me to leave, I'm going to do it. But I need you to do two things for me. I need you to provide a job so I have some income. I need a job. And I need you to remove the desire for this world. And let me tell you, within two weeks, I was teaching at the studio, looking at the clock, being like, when is this going to be over? You don't understand how weird that is. For me to not want to be there. To not want to be there anymore. I was like, I don't even want to be here no more. I don't want to teach. I started to not want to be at the dance studio. And it wasn't because of anybody did anything wrong. It wasn't because I had a bad like beef with anybody. It was just, I prayed and I said, God, remove the desire. And he completely removed it. So, mm. you know, even when I went back and visited, people were like, are you coming back? I was like, no. They had a going away party for me. They gave me a mic. I said, give me the mic. And I said, when God tells you to move, you move. I had women coming up to me crying, saying, I keep feeling like God's telling me to do this. So then do it. So when I went back, people asked me for years, are you coming back? Welcome back. I said, this is not welcome back. I'm just coming in here to visit. And I've ministered to people in the dancing, in the middle of a dance party, talk to them, told them how Jesus saved my life. I pulled me out of the fire. Like, you know, and, and that just because somebody dances doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean they're not saved. It just, you know, cause everybody's experience is different. So, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, people know why I left. Everybody knew why I left. I was oh. very vocal about it. People thought I was crazy. People talked about me, you know, there's a lot of things that happened. Um, the transition out of, it was a lot of transitions. Ladies, if y'all are praying for husbands, Pray for your transition into dating and to getting engaged and to getting married because transitions are hard. So my transition out of the dance world, there was a lot that I had to. I, I prayed because I lost a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends, I lost them because not because we we had a, a falling out. It was just I was no longer in that world and we didn't have anything in common anymore. And so I prayed and I said, God, I need I need new friends. He gave me my first friend who she was in the dance world got saved before me she's one of my best friends now mm. and we share that story with everybody like I was like she's the first friend he gave me and there are people who are getting saved in the dance world who come to me now and say you understand and I prayed for them so I'm why like we have no idea what God does we have no idea what he does and so yeah so people thought I was leaving to get married I was like well here I am Seven years later, and I'm still single, but I'm here to help y'all, okay? <laughs> well, listen, that draws us right into that then. So mm -hmm. let's talk about, well, we're going to talk about the singleness, but I just want to say, I just really applaud you. I really want to applaud you seriously because so often, because there's also another piece that was not stated here. You stated it, but we didn't drive into it. But I just want to say this for the women. You asked God to provide, but you were still moving in the direction to do what he called for you to do anyway. So whether you provide or not, my obedience in this, this relationship that I know that I want with you is not hindered or is not bound by whether or not you give me a particular job. I'm moving in this direction. And so I think that's so important to hear and say because everything won't be there for us right away. Yeah. That's why it's called faith. 
That's why it's called being obedient. That's why in the only way we can really respond in those ways is back to what we said. It's all about prayer. It's all about spending time in God's word. And it's all about spending time in his presence because Mm -hmm. that's where we find the intimate time with him. And that's how he gets to speak to us in those dark and low places that we find ourselves in. Because let's be honest here. We're all going to go through struggles. There's not a person on this earth. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how good their relationships may be in their homes. There is a struggle somewhere. And we're going to need that relationship with God to know the decisions that we need to make in order to move here, move there. Do I stay? Do I move forward? We need that relationship. But I just wanted to say that before (laughs) I jump into this singleness, Liz. (laughs) So that too. So singleness is upon you. And Mm -hmm. I'm certain that in the dance world, or I shouldn't say certain, but I'm almost certain that in the dance world, you probably were living life free. You know how some, you know how we say sometimes I'm doing me, I'm living life to the fullest. You know how it goes. So you had that in that dance world, but on the other side I'm going to call it sanctification, everybody. On the other side of sanctification, where your relationship with the Lord comes in, maybe not always, right? Or maybe so. Talk about on this side of sanctification, the highs, the lows, the mistakes, the errors, and how you got it right. I will say this. The only difference between Liz and my BC days my before Christ days and today is Jesus. That's the only difference. That's literally the only difference because I know as a human, it's very easy to go back and act the same way I acted before to do things that I used to do. And I think one of the biggest things that I learned, especially after getting saved was I was like, why am I still acting like this? Why am I still doing these things? And But the difference is also that there's Holy Spirit conviction. There's a difference between, oh, that's wrong versus before. I didn't know it was wrong or I didn't care that it was wrong. And I was able to live in certain things longer. Nowadays, Holy Spirit's like, watch yourself, (laughs) take a step back, you know, relax. So, yeah, dating when you're saved is definitely different because there's expectations that you have that's not, you know, like women, we have lists, let's be honest. But God has a criteria. Like, let's look at it biblically. God has a criteria. So now I have to bring you up to this and say, look, here's what the Lord, this is the structure that the Lord has given us. And I want somebody who can lead me and and if we have children, our children, our family in the word, because we can be out here playing games and acting a fool. But that's just not going to get us anywhere. And we got we have to keep God at the center. So I think the hardest thing right now is, you know, being able to communicate that and also allowing a man to know, like, this is this is what it is that I expect. And just because you have just because you have a Christian, like you select a Christian on your profile does not mean that you Christian because there's because there's a difference between I was born and raised in a church and I actually walk with Jesus because you're talking to somebody who was raised in it in I was raised in religion but I didn't follow Jesus so it's almost like you have to do additional filters 
And then we have to talk about discernment. Put this right. mic up here. We about to get in this conversation here. I don't want, we about to get in this conversation right here. <laughs> we have to Go do right. additional filters. And listen, discernment is a thing. You better pray for the gift of discernment. If you don't have the gift of discernment, you better pray for it for the season that you need it. Because the Bible says that we can pray for the gifts when we need them in that moment, because discernment has been the biggest thing that's helped me. I have had conversations with men. Holy Spirit say, don't even, don't you dare meet that man in person. And I immediately knew, and he would start speaking and saying things. It was almost like the enemy started showing himself immediately. Mm. And so you have, dating is just so different when you're saved on top of the world that we live in right now. It's hard. I think the pandemic messed up a lot of, things for people learning how to communicate. People don't even want to be around each other anymore. They don't want to, mm -hmm. they don't need to have fellowship. That's why I think the Bible, I know the Bible is saying like, don't forsake the assembly of, of yes. coming together. We need fellowship. Why would they say that? And why is it so important now? Because there's going to be a point where people are not going to want to fellowship or be with each other, mm -hmm. where conversations are just quick text messages we don't write letters to each other no more. Phone calls, you could screen and decide if you want to pick up or not. Versus like back in the day, you picked up the phone, never knew who was on the line. They called your landline. It's so different nowadays. Yes. Um, you have social media. So now there's like men, not men, men and women have options. And it's just like, what are the options? What really matters? So you have to navigate being in a world that looks at certain things and you have to decide like, What's important to me? And so I had a guy ask me the other day, why are you still single? And I said, because I'm waiting on the Lord and I'm trusting him. Because sometimes people can look at you and be like, oh, well, you're, you're 38 years old. You know, you this, you that, you're successful, you're this. Why are you single? And it's in this, and instantly they're thinking there's something wrong with her. It's just mm. like, listen, yeah. you think I'm strong enough to close the door that the Lord wants to open? You're crazy. So... You know, I, it's, it's definitely a waiting game. And I also knew, I said, all right, God, you have me in the season. And I know that you want me to talk to women about it because I know my ministry is women and helping women heal. So if you're going to keep me here for this season to help women, then okay. Because oh I know goodness. what it looks like to obey you. And I know what it looks like to wait. So I already saw you do this once before, many times before, but I already saw you do this. When you told me to leave the dance floor, you told me to wait, you told me to do this. And I already see years later the fruit of all of that. So I'm going to use that as a reference and I'm just going to wait. Now, when you say I know, so you know what it looks like to wait. And I know, so I'm going to say it this way. I know what it looks like to react in my own way. Mm -hmm. And I know what it looks like to wait upon you. Yeah. And. I think what, and I say think because it's not, maybe not every woman, but one, I think women need to really, as women, we need to learn to, we need to get to know us. I always go back to that yeah. because if, if we're running from one relationship to the next, when did you ever get to know Eleanor, when did you ever get to know Liz? When did you ever get to know ladies? Put your name in that space. When did you get to know you? And that's really difficult because so many are dealing with loneliness. 
They're dealing with abandonment. Uh, and, and to be honest, some of the loneliness and abandonment for some, not all, is loneliness and abandonment that they put upon themselves. Yeah. And so they're dealing with these issues and then they believe a man can fill the void yeah. of a space that really, like with you, we on the other side of the BC day, right? Mm-hmm. You chose, I chose, many women out there chose, God, I'm going to allow you to be that what I need because I keep feeling a void inside mm-hmm. of me. I don't know what it is, but they won't try Jesus alpha size. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but I believe so often it has to do with women not getting to know themselves first. Yes. What do you think? Did you have to get to know Liz? I had to get to know who I was outside of, because you have to understand, I came out of a world where there were so many accolades. I had so many titles. I had some, so you have to come out of that and be like, well, who am I? And I even felt that when I started my business, I was like, all right, what am I doing? It's you question everything, but I think women need to know who they are outside of being a mother, outside of being um, an employee or a business owner or somebody's girlfriend or somebody's spouse you need to know who you are by yourself and that's hard but the other thing is you need to heal so I remember I did a a therapy with um, my therapist last year and we were talking about something and she brought up something I said I, I talked about probably one of the darkest years of my life, which was back in 2009. I went through a really terrible breakup. Okay. And she said, what happened? And I had never told her about this person. And I just started crying. Wow. 2009, it ended in 2000 and, oh, it ended in 2009. And here we are, 2023, and I'm crying? And mm. I realized that I had suppressed this for so long that I never really dealt with it because I didn't have feelings towards this person. I didn't want to be with them. And that's different. I can separate feelings from you and not want to be with you anymore, but that doesn't mean that I healed from what happened. Yes. And I mean, I was crying. I was like, <laughs> like breathing heavy. And she's just looking wow. at me like, okay. And it was so weird. Cause she could say something like, Oh, so-and-so hurt you. Yeah. They hurt me. But the second she would say his name, this person hurt you. I started crying all over again. That was probably one of the most impactful sessions I had with her. And I was like, is that deliverance? Because I don't know what just happened. I reacted so, and I spent the next two weeks praying. I wrote a letter to him. I didn't send it obviously, but I just wrote a letter. Mm -hmm. But then I wrote a letter to myself when I was going through the breakup. And it was just like, I did that. But I also realized like, Liz, you're approaching dating because you're afraid to date him again and somebody else. And Mm. so I think the big thing is we have to heal. So if you were abused, sexually abused, if you had a bad relationship with a parent, if you had a falling out, if you had your heart broken early in life, you need to forgive. And this is the big thing that I tell women forgiveness is key because the enemy will literally hold you. And that's, that's something that he'll use against you. So if I don't forgive you, if I don't Mm -hmm. forgive, let's say you were molested by your uncle, 
Mm -hmm. If I don't forgive my uncle for molesting me, I'm going to carry that into my marriage. And my husband is going to be suffering the consequences of something that he had nothing to do with. Yes. That healing is so important. So yes, getting to know who you are, but you have to heal and you have yes. to be real and say, okay. And, and all and healing is also me realizing like Liz, you weren't a bad girlfriend what he did and, and how he cheated and how he left, you, you could have done, you could have been perfect. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a reflection of you. Now I had my mistakes and my flaws. Cause I'm not going to have a victim spirit about any of this. I had my mistakes and flaws too. And I learned from it, but also understanding, like, don't allow those things to make you feel like you're less than, but also be mature enough to acknowledge where you were wrong. Oh, so, yeah. There's the other side of women who play the victim all the time. Like he broke my heart. He did this. Yeah. But where, did you do anything wrong as well? You were talking, you talked about the addiction in, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the dance world. Yeah. I found that there was this phrase. I don't even know how to say this, but it's what they used to say. So women forgive me, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> So in order to get over one man, they used to say, in order to get over one man, you mm -hmm. have to get under another man. That's yeah. just saying, okay? Yeah. That was the same. So I just got it out there. I said it because that's <laughs> what used to be said. So yeah. there's no other way for me to say it. Lord, there was no other way for me to say it. <laughs> but the, 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 the purpose of that statement was just as we're talking, what we're talking about, because if I can be with another man, even get I don't have to try to figure me out. Yeah. I don't have to try to get to know me because I'm masking this pain because that same pain of not even getting to know ourselves is masked with as well, drinking, smoking, yep. getting high. Those are things that we use to mask a pain that we have mm -hmm. related to something else and so often we just literally especially when it comes to men we just snatch them right back up we just yeah. grab another man and we don't know what it is we we know nothing and then we know nothing about them we don't yeah. know anything about them now tie this together for me and then you could continue on in that but being a businesswoman mm -hmm. now we've talked about dance We've discussed you being single. We've discussed you getting to know you, right? Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask this, Liz. Let me put this here and ask you. You said, <laughs> you said, I'm still Liz. Mm -hmm. The same Liz today as I was before. What does yeah. that mean when you what? say that? Because <laughs> somebody. I promise you, I promise you, someone's going to say, and they're going to ask, what does that mean? So okay. that means you do everything you did the same before you're doing it now. No, here's what it means. Okay. Okay. Ladies, we're going to get real right now. Okay. <laughs> it means I've had to, I've had to watch myself in terms of I have a very, like certain things that I can say, you know, um, particularly when I first came out of the dance world is it's a very, 
it could be very almost sensual that that world so okay. even when you talk you can naturally be flirtatious and not even realize it mm. you know so i had to watch like even the and i i didn't have the intention of being that way so i had to watch myself and be like oh wait you know holy spirit was like check yourself before you wreck yourself because you're talking a little bit talk and i didn't even realize it so things like that but let's just be honest like as women, when you're single and you you get lonely, you can you could do some stuff that you don't that like. And I think when you're single and you get lonely, especially when you start hitting like the fall and the snuggle season, you can start thinking and acting a different way because you yeah. are you want to be with somebody. You don't want to spend the holidays alone. So that's why I say the old Liz, the only difference is I I can at least recognize that desire and pray about it and be like, Lord, help me yes. because yeah, you could go back into certain patterns before I would just do it and just be like, okay, this will just, there you know, go. you could there be my, go. you could be my six month winter guy. Like, let's just keep it real. So that's the difference. Is Aren't, isn't my mind, that what we're doing, Liz? Keeping it <laughs> R-E-A-L. <laughs> but just like your mind can still go back that way. But that's why I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's like, nope, you that's know. Right. So mentally we can go back and, and, and think these things and consider these things. And sometimes we may go back and do these things. But um, so that's what I meant in terms of that is, you know, I'm not sitting here walking around like I'm super holy, sanctified 24-7. And I don't think things or I don't act a certain way sometimes like, but Holy Spirit will check me. You know, yes. so that's the biggest difference. Okay, ladies, we had a little bit of technical difficulty there, but we are back. So the devil is a liar. He will not have this at all. So and I'm so grateful to you, Liz, for just being able to say, let's just let's get this going. So where we were is and we're really wrapping it up at this point. So we were talking about sensual and like those ways we have as women having those uh, desires, yeah. sensual feelings, because coming from yeah. that dance world, you yeah. had that uh, kind of going on. And I can I can relate to that, that flirtatiousness. Yeah. I was told um, that my husband actually said it to me one time and he said that I had um, like a flirtatious way about me. Yeah. And I didn't because that was nothing about me that felt that way. But. I think I know what you're speaking of when you say that uh, sensual or flirtatiousness inside of us. And that's kind of what you were dealing with. Yeah, I definitely Sound was. <laughs> okay. All righty then. So now with the business and we can actually, we can really, if you want to, you could just plunge that on home with the business. And now that you have the business, You've had all these things going on. You're now in the business world. You come across a lot of men on a regular basis and mm -hmm. you have to trust God in this. But your posture of now being a woman of God, mm -hmm. you're now a business. You're now a business owner because and if you could tell I really need them to know this. If you could tell us this in like five minutes, can you please tell the women how you your faith in God, even after God brought you here, you start having some hurdles. You lost your job. Yeah. Exactly. And then God brought you through that. That's how you got to your business. And actually, if you want to close us in with that, so women can really understand the power of following Christ mm -hmm. and how he will, he will still cover us 
in seasons that we feel we may be at our lowest point and he mm-hmm. brings us. And I'll let you actually take us on out with that. So it's funny because remember earlier I had mentioned that I had asked the Lord, I said, you know, if you want me to leave the two things, remove the desire and provide a job, he provided a whole career. Like it wasn't even just some, I'm just going to help you make money. He provided a whole career. That's how I got into accounting. And it's always a fun conversation to have because people will be like, if I do interviews or if I talk to people about it, they're like, how are you an accountant? How did you even get here? Because I don't have the technical formal training of, of like going to college and having a degree in accounting. My degree is in theater. And so the Lord just provided that and provided this person who, who, you know, who runs the company I was at where I met you, Eleanor, mm-hmm. he taught me everything. He's a believer. He's like, I'll teach you everything. You know, he actually was the first person that I told, I said, the Lord is calling me out of the dance world. And, uh, I just needed somebody to talk to. And he was like, well, let me bring you in and let me teach wow. you everything about accounting. Cause he said to me, you're an accountant. You just don't know you're an accountant. He mm. saw something that I didn't even know. So, um, so he took that and then I, and I moved over to the corporate world and it was pretty amazing. Cause it's just like, when you see God move, you know, and, and I, I had a lot of companies be like, Oh, we don't want to talk to her. She doesn't have a degree in accounting. And I was like, I could show you videos that I made. I could show you all yes. these things that I've done. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And so it was just interesting how the Lord moved in all of that, because it's like when the Lord wants to open a door you know, there's not going to be any type of accolade or any type of degree that you need. He'll make it happen. Yes. So what was interesting was I was praying, you know, at the beginning of the year, I always pray, Lord, is this where you want me in ministry? Is this where you want me in my career? And I kept hearing it, like, get ready because you're leaving. And I didn't know what that meant. And, and, and I was, it kind of scared me because the Lord also had to humble me and, and show me that Liz... Yes. You, you make a lot of money in corporate, but that's an idol. The money is becoming an idol. And I have to be honest about that because it was. Mm-hmm. So when he began to tell me that, I started to get very scared. And I think he had to get the the fear of losing the job out of me. And, okay. and he also let me know ahead of time. So I was part of layoffs. They did some layoffs and I, and I got laid off in May. And what was interesting is it still hits you hard because Eleanor, you were one of the first people I called and it still hits you hard. But I've realized over weeks why God was telling me that Mm. it was coming because he wanted me to know, like, I'm in control. This is what I planned. And, and trust me because the enemy really was trying to attack me in that time too. The enemy Mm. was really trying to come after me. It was like, why would the Lord take this from me? Why would you do, what are you going to do with your life? All of this. So I had to really trust God and I kept trying to go after job after job. And it was just like, all these doors kept closing. And I had a moment where I was like, God, like what what's happening? What do you want to do? So the gentleman who owned the business that I work with where I met you, he's my mentor. He, the one who Mm -hmm. taught me accounting called me one day and said, are you done? Are you, Liz, are you done? Yeah. Are you going to take this leap of faith? He really, and he had been telling me for years, you need to start your own business. So he said, I will help you. And he has helped me every step of the way. And so I started building the business. I mean, it was very fast. It was very quick. I, 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 but I went back to doing what I loved. I love teaching. Right. So when I told God, but Lord, I love to teach. I don't want to leave the dance world. 
he gave it to me in a different way. He knows my passion for teaching. So I, I run the women's ministry at my church. I enjoy teaching them the word of God. I, I teach people, you know, in my company, I do, you know, Salesforce, HubSpot, Monday.com, any system I, I'm learning and I'm teaching people how to do these things. And so that's just been my passion. So just to watch him be like, I know that you like that. And I know you desire mm, that. But let's yeah. do it my way. Because yes. sometimes when we walk away from things, we think we have to get rid of it all together instead of, I'm just going to do it. I just want you to do it the way I want. So yes, yes, I had to give up teaching in this world that he didn't want me in anymore, but I want you to still teach. I want you to teach my word. I want you to teach in this way. So I still have that passion. And let me tell you, I'm so much happier where I am now doing Ooh. what it is that I love than you know, because you can get caught up in that. And you came out of the corporate world too. You can get caught up yes. in a lot of that stuff. So yes. my thing is, Lord, you had to show me that I was idolizing money and that I was being frivolous. I'm an accountant. I should know mm -hmm. better. Right. So he had to show me those things. But yeah, so building a business, building a business as a woman is a challenge if we want to be honest with that. But I'm so yes. grateful that I have my mentor and he's helped me and he's been he he's coached me through calls and he's told me what to say and how to approach mm. certain things and, you know, and learning that you have relationships with people. You know, I have relationships when I used to work with him, I had relationships with a bunch of different clients because I did accounting for a ton of them. So going back and telling them like, Hey, I have this business now because I have the relationship of handling their books and they trust me. And so just even going back to them and it's so funny because I have so many men who I've worked with in the past who they tell me, Liz, I will help you. And I, cause yes. I've been honest with them. Like you're men in business. You don't understand. And I have to tell them and they're like, well, we will help you. We, if you need me, Liz, if you need me to sit in a meeting, I don't have to say a word. Yes. I will sit there because they understand the presence that that can have that. And yes. it's unfortunate, but it's realistic. So, but to have that, the Lord's provided and all that. Like if I were to call any of these people up and be like, just sit in this meeting with me. Don't say a word, just sit there. That's the reality of it, you oh know? And yeah, so it's it's getting through those hurdles, um, knowing, knowing what I bring to the table. And that definitely is something that I had to deal with. When I was first working in the finance world, you know, I had to prove myself a lot. You know, I had to prove myself and show like, I know what these numbers mean. I know how to help you in this area. So, so there's a lot of hurdles that I still have to get over and I still have to jump over, but you know, the Lord's definitely providing, he's closing doors. He doesn't want opened to the point That's where fine. I was like, I don't think I want this deal anymore. Cause I don't think it's your will. So close the door, mm. closed. you know, that is so, so good. yeah, that is good. So I'm not going to hold you, but I do want to close us out with this. Okay. One, I want to say that you walked away in obedience, trusting God. You trusted God. You mm -hmm. trusted him and you walked away from what you felt like was a world that you were addicted to. Mm -hmm. Brought And you said, Lord, if you bring me out of this, you provide. He brought you out. He provided. There were hills. There were valleys. Yet you trusted him continuously. Mm -hmm. And then not only did he bring you out of that, he still allowed you to have a platform because you're all over the internet. You're on yeah. all people use you for their YouTube, for their different promos. So God even gave you that on this side of Christ. Yeah. And then I want to say this. 
you talked about when we, you said really quick about how, when you first lost your job and how I was one of the first people that you called, we prayed. And I want women to understand that we didn't get on the phone and talk about God. Why did you do this? Or why we knew the power of staying in prayer and we're going to trust you God, even in this, that's Mm -hmm. the purpose. So when you have friends that women that you're calling and you're reaching out to make sure they're women that are praying with you and they're going to keep you encouraged and lift you up in Christ, Mm -hmm. not talk about the situation, not say, Oh, woe is me. No. Yeah. Who's going to lift you up in these seasons? So that's important. Yeah. Liz, you have anything you want to say before we go ahead and close out? Because I am so humbled that you are here and grateful that you came to join us today. I I just wanted to elaborate on that part too, the prayer part, you know, because yeah, I did have those moments. People did sit with me and just let me be like, but the, just the fact that the Lord told me it was coming. I knew for six months, there was things that I was watching around me. I was like, it's coming. It's and he just kept showing me it's coming. It's happening. So when it happened, it still hits you, but it's like, but Lord, you already told me. And you know, the details of how he just protected me through it. So yeah. And, and we immediately, and I think that was so important because when we prayed, we immediately began praying very heavily. And Mm -hmm. I immediately began to attack counterattack. I knew how the enemy was attacking me. He was attacking my mind and attacking certain things. And I, we just went right into it. I was just like, you know, and so I will say this, you know, trusting God is so important. Even if it doesn't look the way we want, he knows better. Nothing catches him off guard. Nothing surprises him. Um, It surprises us, but it doesn't surprise him. And just really trusting him and praying And if there's one thing that I have learned is go to prayer with open hands because you can't receive something new if you're holding on to something old. Go to prayer with open hands. Be like, God, listen, is this where you want me? Because I've even brought the business to him. Like, is this what you want? Is this how you want it? Do you want me to have that client? Close the door. You know, I've seen too many situations. But when you go into prayer like that, you're just allowing him to be God. Right. And you put yourself in the position that you belong in, which is you're just submitting to him. So regardless if it's relationships or if it's career or, you know, you know, praying for marriage or even in marriage, just trust God because he knows way better. And listen, warfare, spiritual warfare. Look, we could do a whole other segment on spiritual warfare because I yes, can tell and I we can will tell you things that happened days before days before I got laid off where I was like, the enemy is so mad at me, but the Lord told me ahead of time. So he let me know, like, enemy didn't have anything to do with this. That was all me. So, you know, get into prayer. Like as hard as you go complaining about something, go that hard and praying. Like don't be afraid to whip out the oil and tell the devil who you are. You're a child of God, a daughter of the King. That's what I always say. So I hope this encouraged people. I hope women can glean from this and uh oh they are and they will and i think we're going to end on that with me just saying again thank you for gracing us with your presence and we will end on that my truth i'm honored that god has placed this before me and i'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women including myself